Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. All right, do this for me. Stand up on your feet. We are going to read the Word of God. And and I have it a little shorter version. We've been reading all the way through the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And and I've condensed it a little bit. And I want us to read it together. And so if you would, it'll be on the screen behind me. I want you to read. We're going to read from verse 9 all the way through verse 13. And so let's read together. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus, like the disciples said, we come to you today and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. All right. You may be seated. So I'm going to admit that this is one of the the parts of the Lord's Prayer that I I have had memorized, that I've known. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is one of those spots that I've known and I've never really dug into and thought about. I've just memorized it, said it. It sounds nice. It sounds, it feels good. It's the Lord's Prayer. This is what we say. Lead us not into, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as I prepared and and, and was getting ready to preach this, all of a sudden I had this moment like, okay, I don't know this. Lord, I need to know what you mean by this. Because if you look at it just at at the base level, it insinuates, if we're asking God not to lead us into temptation, it insinuates that he would lead us into temptation. And that is not congruent with what we see in Scripture. And so how many of you know, and if you don't know, you know now, you don't interpret Scripture with man's ideas. You interpret Scripture with Scripture. You cannot take places that you do not understand in the Word of God and just go to man's ideas. You must go to the Word of God to understand it. And so that's what we're going to do today. Today's going to be heavy on on the Word of God. We're going to go even more, and I want you to leave with references, and so we have a, a great understanding of what Jesus is saying, how we pray. Uh, temptation is one of those uh, funny things that, that we have a lot of ideas about and how we're supposed to resist. Um, I read an article from the New York Times that talked about that that we view temptation as a lack of self-control. And so some people are just wired differently. Some people just have more discipline naturally and more self-control than other people. And so if I'm one of those other people that that doesn't have self-control, it's like, oh man, I'm just stuck. This is just who I am. And so this study by the New York Times, they did an article about how that is not the case, that people that we think are more disciplined, really what it is, is that, that temptation is not as available. They have structured their lives in a way that, that the things that would tempt them, and the article really centered around food, but that they have structured their lives in a way to not be available when temptation was there. How many of you know at the office, one of the dangerous places for your diet is the break room and the extra donuts that were left 
from the morning meeting that are just sitting in the break room waiting for that two o'clock hunger strike to hit and everybody go, I don't want to do that. I know I'm not supposed to do that, but it's there and I'm hungry and it's convenient. And really the article just said, hey, it's really not about that. It's about the way that we make ourselves available or not available to the things that we're trying to avoid, not whether or not we are just self-control people or not self-control people. My daughter, Caitlin, was so funny. The other day, um, they, they, there's these uh, chocolate balls that just find their way to our house somehow. There's this bag of them that is in our fridge at all times. And uh, she, it was about, I think, like 8.30, 9 o'clock, and she said, Dad, can I, can I have a chocolate ball? And I said, no, you're about to go to bed. And she goes, Dad, I have a sweet tooth. <laughs> like that was the only reasoning <laughs> that needed to be stated. Like, how ridiculous are you being right now, Dad? Dad, you know I have this condition and it's called a sweet tooth. And I don't say no to that condition, Dad. And so I want us to dive into what temptation is and look at what Jesus was saying. And so there's a number of things that, that I want us to get to today. The first is this. Jesus is not saying, God, don't lead me into a place of temptation. He is saying, do not let me succumb to temptation. Don't abandon me to temptation. Do not let me fall prey to temptation. Lead me away from the places where the tempter would be. You see, the, the tempter is how Satan is identified, and it, and it would be uh, inconsistent with Scripture if God would not have, have led the Lord the way he did. In Matthew chapter 4, we see Jesus going into the wilderness for a time of testing. And it is in this time of testing that he is tempted by the enemy. This time led by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 4 said, Jesus led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. So he is led by the Spirit to be tested, not that God was leading him to be tempted. So there's a distinction that I want you to see there. It's not that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to where Satan was so that he could be tempted. He led Jesus into the wilderness for testing. And Satan watched and he waited. And we can see, and we can see it in the same way that, that he didn't come to Jesus and tempt him on day one, did he? He waited until he was tired. He waited until he was worn down. He waited until that, that fast, the 40 days was long and, and Jesus was at his weakest moment of what Satan could see. And then he stepped in. Okay, so that's the first thing, is this is not God leading us. Don't lead us. God, please don't lead me into a place of temptation. It's God, don't let me succumb. Give me strength in the midst of temptation. I have three take-homes for you today that I want you to see. The first is this. We will experience temptation, test, and trials in this life. 
So the word there that is used, the Greek word that is used there for temptation is not just the word for temptation. It is a word that encapsulates all three of those temptations, tests, and trials. And it must be, this Greek word must be interpreted by the context that it's used. In James chapter one, we see it used both ways. We see it used both for temptation and for trials. And we'll look at that in a moment. So all three fit under this Greek word that Jesus used. Don't lead us into temptations. Do not let us succumb in a time of temptation, test, and trial. All three words. So I want us to have some distinction between those three words. I want you to be able to have an understanding that temptation does not come from God. Test absolutely come from a good father. Trials absolutely are times that God steps in and he allows there to be a growth and a strengthening of our faith. There's a couple of definitions of, of temptation I want you to, to grab onto. I like this one from John Owen. It's from his book, The Banner of Truth. He said, a temptation then in general is anything that for any reason exerts a force or influence to seduce and draw the mind and heart of man from the obedience which God requires of him to any kind of sin. Another good definition is temptation is a promise that does not come from God. The result of resisting temptation is escape. The result of enduring and walking through tests and trials is our faith being strengthened. James 1 tells us that God is not the author of temptation, that he does not tempt us. He does not put evil in front of his people and say, let me see if you really love me today. Let me see how faithful you're really going to be today. You're on this holiness diet, but let me see. I got a little donut here. Let me see if you really are committed to me. That's not what the Lord does. Look at James chapter one. James chapter one, verse 12 says this. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 identifies Satan as the tempter as well. I want you not to be ignorant of the way that he comes at God's people because he doesn't go at us when we are at our best. I've noticed that I've had very few people yell and curse in the middle of my messages. I've had very few uh, evil interactions that happen when we're here. Why? We're together. We're, we're in, a, in a strong environment. We know I'm surrounded by God's people. I'm encouraged. I'm in a good place. 
the temptations that Satan brings usually don't happen in these sort of environments. He waits. There's a wisdom that, that God has for his people based on this. You know, the Apostle Paul, in talking about sexual temptation, he doesn't say stand and fight. He doesn't say like, hey, just keep resisting. Just keep, you know what he says? He says flee. When you're in that time, flee. And there's wisdom for us in knowing the, the plans and the way the enemy tries to tempt and go at us. But I don't want to just spend all our time talking about temptation. I want, I want to press in a little bit because there's a process of God that so few have good understanding on. How do I position and posture myself in the middle of hard times? I was talking to a good friend of mine this morning on the way to the campus. You've heard me talk about him before. His name's Dave, and, and Dave, is, he, he lives in Texas, and he, he listens to our, our podcast on a regular basis. He and his wife flew here. They were here for our, our launch service, and he's just, he's just a great friend of mine. And Dave is battling Parkinson's, and he was diagnosed at the beginning of this year right as things began to shut down. And so his ability to get to treatment and get to good treatment and, and be able to, to, to have like the necessary appointments has been severely limited. And, and so 2020 has been a very interesting year. And so we were talking today and Dave just goes, he goes, so I was going through what, what I had studied and how, what I was going to share this morning. And he said, he said, so when I, when I yell at God, uh, for, um, having Parkinson's right now, is that, is that fitting in anything that you're teaching today? <laughs> and Dave's one of those guys that's just like super raw, super real. And I said, yes, yes, it is. This fits. Dave is in the middle of a trial right now. And if we don't have good clarity and understanding, we can attribute things and hard times in our life and point to God as the author of it when he's actually the answer for it. And we can say things like, well, God just gave that guy cancer just to teach him a lesson. When that is incongruent with who he is and who he has revealed himself to be in Scripture. He doesn't change. He cannot change. If he could change, that would mean that he could get better. And he can't get better. And so I want us to know today, how do I walk through the testing and the trials that fill my life? How do I walk through? Because there's a way that we walk through that, that will result in a strengthening. There's a way that we walk through that will, will result in a depth and a, a, a growth in the foundation of who I am and how I know God is faithful that the Lord has for us. And he wants us to invite him to it. See, the same chapter in James chapter one uses that same word and where later we read it uses it for temptation. In James one, two, he uses that same word for trials. Verse two says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He's inviting us to the process of God. 
He's inviting us to this place. And it's this place of why, why do we see, sometimes we see these instantaneous miracles where people are prayed for and there's instantaneous healing. And then sometimes we see people that leave life on this earth and they step into the fullness of life, but the life that we want them to have, the miracle that we pray for, we don't see. Hebrews chapter 11 is a very interesting chapter. It talks about the heroes of faith and you go through and you see people that, that God's promises have come through and they see like, wow, there's a champion, there's a champion. And then it doesn't stop and it calls them champions and heroes of faith when it gets to the ones that said, lost their lives and were martyred, lost their lives for various reasons. And Hebrews 11 says that they died still trusting and believing that he was faithful. This is the process of God, a life verse for Anna and I that, that God spoke to us in the middle of, of and it, 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 tribulation and trials are so relative. You can't compare them with other people. You can't go through and say, well, well, my life, you know, my trial isn't that uh, heavy and, and hard compared to this one. You, you, you got to let that go. You just got to say, Lord, what, do you, what are you wanting to do in me? You know, when Anna and I were in the middle of fertility treatment and, and, and just facing negative report after negative report, comparatively, that's, that's not as bad as other situations that go through. There's, there's some individuals and couples that go through that for years and years and years. But it was in the middle of that that, that Psalm 105.19 became this, this word from the Lord for me. And Psalm 105.19 says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And we look at Joseph and we're like, what do you, Lord, that's what testing looks like? Please let me avoid that test. Thrown into jail unjustly, was a good worker, went through this. And yet there is this testing of the character of our life that is necessary to support the call of God for our life. God cares more about the foundation of who you are than he does what you're doing. He cares more that, that there is a depth in how you know him and you know his faithfulness. And then he does that you're doing things that please people and seem to be successful. And, and, and I know this is a mystery at times, but I, but I want us to look at the word and be able to decipher between and have faith built in our hearts for it. The second thing that I want us to know about these three areas is that we must pray in temptations, test and trials from a place of dependence. I love the, 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 well, let me get to that in a second. First Corinthians, and this is not going to be on the screen. I want you to, to, to find it in your Bibles. This is something that I try to mix these in when we, when we come together, because I want you to, to, to have some good practice on, on looking at the word of God. And so whether you're looking at in your, your phone on an app or you you have a, a physical Bible in front of you, I want you to look at first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12, because there's a posture that we must face all three, whether it's temptations whether it's trials, whether it's tests, there's a posture that, that God's called us to, to face it with. So our walk with God is not a, a walk of lessening dependence. It's a walk of growing dependence. 
You know, sometimes I think that, you know, we view the, the way that we raise our kids, that we raise them and then we launch them, and it's like, okay, my responsibilities are, are ending at this point, or they're changing enough at this point, and we, we try to, to, you know, assume the same in our walk with the Lord, but, but it's not like that. It's a walk of growing dependence. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Man, that's a good word right there. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. I remember uh, Pastor Robert, he pastors the, the church that Anna and I uh, came here from, Gateway Church in Dallas, and he told us this story about being skiing. He was skiing in Colorado, and he was with another pastor, and, and this pastor had never skied before, and so they were on the bunny hill for a while. And, and this guy just wasn't getting it. And so finally, Robert was just like, hey, come on, we're going to try a green. We'll just try a green, and maybe a harder hill will help you get it. And so they went up to the lift, and the guy just totally ate it before he got on the lift. He couldn't even get on the lift. He fell before he got on the lift. But, but Pastor Robert was already up there. And so as he sat down, a woman skied up next to him. And evidently, this woman had been watching them and watching him in particular. And she sat down, and she sat close. And she began to, to talk with him and, and was just laying it on real heavy flirting and, and all these things. And so Robert said he was just trying to scoot farther and farther away. And finally, the woman just said, listen, we can go to my room if you want. I mean, just like that, that forward, that, that straightforward. And uh, he said, I, I was so taken back. He said, all, all I knew to say was, I, I, no, I'm married. And she simply said, well, I'm married too. That doesn't matter. And then he said, I heard my voice or my ears heard my voice say something. I don't remember thinking. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm married to a man and a woman. <laughs> and, and then it was her that began to scoot slowly <laughs> away. And he said, no, I want you to understand I'm married to a beautiful woman named Debbie. And we're very happily married. And I'm also married to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm in covenant with him. And I will not break that covenant with either one of them. And, and then he said, and then she was trapped. And he's like, so I just told her, you're broken and you need Jesus. <laughs> Every time that we are in the midst of temptation, what should fill our hearts is that there's not a situation that God is not working, that there is not an escape for. No matter how blatant the temptation, there is an escape for us. You know, I, I hesitate sharing this with you because it's, it's a heavy thing, but I have a close friend that, that was a pastor with me at, at Gateway, and he went through a time where um, he let himself get worn down. He isolated himself, and then he found himself involved in a, in a, uh, a relationship outside his marriage. 
And there, were, there have been severe consequences, consequences to the decision that he made. And I remember sitting down with him after he came and shared what happened and, and was, was, you know, repenting and, and just we were talking about it. And immediately, you know, you, you, you go, okay, was there something I could have done? And so I was asking him like, hey, I, I remember us having conversations in this time. What, we had good conversations. What was happening there? And he said, Josh, the Lord gave me escape ramp after escape ramp. He said, the, the conversations we had, the conversations other friends and I had when they came to me, he said, I had escape ramp after escape ramp after escape ramp. I ignored them all. There's not a scenario of temptation that God does not have an escape for his people in. This is why we pray, but we pray from a posture of weakness. We don't pray from a posture. I want you to hear me as your pastor. I do not have this. I do not, I do not treat temptation like something that I have mastered, that I have now, I'm now at a place of strength, that I do not need accountability, that I do not need openness, it's not there. I do not have this. I will walk with growing dependence on Jesus. Number three, Jesus has experienced, endured, and overcome all temptation, tests, and trials in this life. So this is a good time to say amen. Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 says, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same. You know, I looked up the word all in Greek. You know what it means? Man, you know that <laughs> it means all he has faced all of our weaknesses. He understands that he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Okay, three, three steps that we, we are to go to in temptation, in tests, in trials. Three steps. Number one, we invite the Lord. How many marriages would have been saved? How many relationships would have been rescued had people in those times treated this scripture as if it were true? Like, Jesus, you faced sexual temptation? I mean, that, that, that feels a little weird to, to think about and say, doesn't it? Like, I'm doing something like, uh, I don't think I should think that. <laughs> And yet this is the word of God in every place of temptation. The Lord says, I've been there. Every place of temptation that faces you and I, you have a, a God who not only cares and empowers, but knows what it is to be there. And this gives us a place where our posture is weakness and our posture is boldness to go before him and say, Lord, you know what I'm facing. Lord, you know what this is. You understand it. Lord, how did you walk through this? Lord, I need the same. I need you. I need you to fill me. So we invite him. 
The first thing we do is we invite him into our temptations. We invite him into our tests. We invite him into our trials. The second thing we do is that we fill up with the word of God. Did you notice when Jesus was at his weakest, when he had no energy and no strength to do anything else, what still came out of him? In Matthew chapter four, when he's facing this onslaught of attack from the tempter who is is doing his best to derail the plan of God for his life, what did he speak? He spoke the word of God. My friends, if if you are resonating with this truth of I'm in a test or I'm in a trial or I'm facing temptation, this season may require a different diet for you. The Lord may be inviting you to a different diet of entertainment. He may be inviting you to a place of saying, you need to fill yourself with truth. And so when there's nothing left and you feel you are at the end of who you are, what still comes out, whether your voice is weak or not, what still comes out is the truth and the power of the word of God. I'm here today, Anna and I are here today because of in the midst of that time that I described of being in, in, in fertility treatments and watching Anna suffer and everything that she went through and, and that time where our hearts were breaking and it just, it just was this incredible test and even a, even a trial. It was in that time that Anna and I said, well, we're not gonna live the way that we lived before. And our diet changed. Our daily diet changed. We didn't leave margin for, for our lives and our time to be filled with things that would take away and not fill us with truth. And I feel this strong today because some of you, you've been in this place of testing and you're like, why? Why am I still feel like I'm taking the same test? Or why is this trial continuing to go? You know, 1 Peter talks about trials and fiery trials. And this is how I see that. This is my translation, so take it or leave it. But trials, I think, are things that we can sometimes point to elements that we had something to do with. Like, I don't think it's a fair description of a trial. Say, man, I just keep getting speeding tickets. The enemy is just really coming after me. Like, no, no, brother, you got a lead foot. You got a... That's your, that's your, that's your issue. And so there's sometimes that we see hard times and we're like, but you know, this is, there's, there can be a little connection. Fiery trials are where there's no connection. You find yourself in a place of knowing with the, the, a growing reality that the enemy only comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And you're in that place going, Lord, I, I don't know when this stops. You must fill yourself with the word of God. So when there's nothing left of you, the word of God still remains, still comes out. Number three, and and I just want to point to the garden. I think it's not just a, a little element that Jesus did not isolate himself in his greatest time of trial. What did he say to his disciples? Please come pray with me. Will you watch and pray with me? Well, what is he doing? Why did he overcome that way so that you and I would know how to overcome the same way? 
Isolation is your enemy in temptation, test, and trials. Do you have faithful voices around you that can speak life and can speak encouragement? Jesus did that, not just so it looked nice, so that there, were, there was the love of God. Now I think about Peter and, and, and probably how Peter processed as he walked away. He's like, man, I, I fell asleep. We all fell asleep and it was his greatest time of trial. But they were there. He wasn't alone. And we can look at that as this incredible failure. We can look and see, hey, they were there. And you may look at your life and say, I don't know if I'm being the best friend and I'm there in the way that I should be. And if I've done enough, just be there. Just step in. Just be available. Be a faithful friend. Surround yourself with faithful friends. This is how we walk through temptation, test, and trials. Will you bow your heads this morning? You know, you, you could be here and, and, and I don't want to close service without just an invitation. You, you may be in the middle of a hard time and, and you do not have the hope that I'm talking about just in knowing Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior. You've never seen him in that light. And today is the day that he's inviting, saying, hey, I have a different burden for you. The weight of sin, the weight of hopelessness that you feel, I have something I want to exchange. I want to take that. And I have peace for you. I have grace for you that will enable you to live as I have called you to live. Some of you may be in a place where you know the Lord, you walked with the Lord, but, but you're in this place. Maybe you're in a place where you feel yourself tempted in a certain way and you don't understand it. And I thought, Lord, I thought I, 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 I overcame that. Lord, I thought this was something I, I was past. And Lord, the Lord wants you to know, he just wants you to invite him into it. He knows what it is to be tempted in every season, in every way. And he wants to meet you in it. He wants to meet you in the testing. He wants to meet you in the trials. And he wants you to know that he has life. He has endurance. Where you know him as the source. As I pray this morning, I want to point and read John 16 over you. Jesus said this, he said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. That's what he has for us today. So Father, right now we come to you. And God, I thank you for the way that you see us. Thank you for the way that you see our lives. You see the temptations that we face. You see the test that we're in. You see the trials that we're in the middle of. God, I thank you. Lord, you just are waiting to be invited into. And so we do that now. Lord, we say we invite you, Jesus, to lead us to a place of endurance. Lead us to 
a place of strength. Lord, lead us away from the enemy's plans. God, I pray wisdom. Lord, for anyone who, who's struggling and, and succumbing to, to temptation, Lord, I thank you for fresh strength as they look to you today. For a fresh place of understanding, God, you're with them. And there's not a temptation that they face that you don't have an escape for. Lord, I pray endurance for those that feel like they're at the end of themselves and this trial has gone on and on and on and it doesn't make any sense. Lord, I pray for endurance for them, that they would know that you have not abandoned them, that you are with them and that you are growing faith in them. You are growing this strength. It's not just for them, it's for the lives around them. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.